Hey there, Donna Ashton here. And listen, I get you. You're already busy with a full calendar and trying to squeeze in some inspiration and learning here. So I won't waste your time or bring fluffy crap you can't use. I'm here to help you design a simplified business you can scale and help you work less and make more. This show is for high achieving coaches and experts who want strategies to unlock the next level in their business and create days that allow creative time and space for family, all while increasing revenue. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Work Less, Make More podcast. And today we have a guest. I'm super excited to have Lisa Sakai on, and she is going to talk all about money and how to help you reach your goals and get to the fun stuff that you really want to do without having to wait for retirement and down the road. So let me read a little bit about her, and then we will jump on in. So she helps people develop and achieve their bucket list items now, which I totally love and encourages them not to wait until retirement and how to leverage their dollars so they can have a lifestyle they love now and in the future. Lisa is the co-founder of One Vision Retirement and has taken what we think of as typical financial planning and put it on its head. So her clients are having fun while taking care of themselves in an area that we usually dread, right? Nobody wants to think about that. So it is my pleasure to introduce Lisa Sakai. So let's jump on in here and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. No, it's great to be here. So I know it always seems like, you know, it's some far off thing or we have to like tighten our belts now so that we can have money to live on. And and, and most of us don't want to do that. So it becomes this I'm just going to go take all these trips and then I'll think about that retirement later for me. <laughs> or, you know, it just feels like it has to be one or the other instead mm-hmm. of like, how can we, you know, do both or, you know, how can we still have fun when we can and not wait till we're like old and we can't move and we can't do the things we want to do. Right? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, it's so, true. So yeah, yeah. jump in. Tell me some oh, like how yeah. did you how did this all get started for you and how did you right. start helping people? Absolutely. Well, I went through the traditional journey that most um people have experienced with financial planning and financial advisors, where you know, we talk a lot about retirement and how do you prepare for yourself and that kind of thing. And I found that it works for some people, but it doesn't necessarily work for those who are very entrepreneurial or have a entrepreneurial spirit. I work a lot with um, entrepreneurs, but also with uh, sales professionals. And we all have that get up and go trying to make something happen, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And the problem was is that a none of them really saw themselves retiring in the traditional sense, you know, hanging up their hat and going, I'm just not going to do anything for the next 30 years. And um, the other thing that I noticed was that I wasn't necessarily being a hundred percent percent authentic with our clients because my husband and I weren't planning like that. We were planning for trips, having goals, having fun things that we're doing now, you know, we'd always have that, we'd have that conversation once a year and go, what's our next thing that we're looking forward to? What's our next 
you know, fun thing, trip to Jamaica, a big goal for us was um, paying off our house in full, which we just completed in July. We're really wow, excited. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And so we had these different things that were not just retirement. I mean, saving was always something that we prioritized, but it was also, you know, we needed to have fun now. And then I looked at my parents and my dad has had a very satisfying retirement and I noticed that they've never really talked about going on trips and stuff in retirement. And it's because they did all their trips and everything with me when they were younger and they went to England, they went to Italy, they did all their things. And now there's nothing that they really are saying, I have to go do that because they kind of took care of their bucket list items ahead of time. And so now he's able to, he has a very, very defined uh, way that he wanted to spend retirement, which was to read a lot to watch YouTube videos and to just relax. And that's what he does. And he's very happy doing it. And he, you know, to each his hey, own. I think that yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah. But, but that's, he's very like he said, Everybody has that. a different way, right? It is. Yeah. And so that's the thing is really personalizing what retirement looks like for you. But maybe that's never really retiring. Mm -hmm. But it's about how do I motivate people to save for themselves now in the future? And the one thing that I was noticing with clients is that they would all have these dreams about, oh, maybe going to Italy, maybe, but they never really defined anything. They all had their bucket list items, but nothing was really defined. Nothing really had a specific why, a action plan associated with it. You know, I keep hearing, well, we're going to go to Alaska next year. You know, I'm sure you're going to yell at us for spending money on that. And I don't know how we're going to pay for it, but we're going to go for it. And there's, stress associated to that bucket list item, which I don't want that to happen. I want people to have a strategy, feel good about the choice that they made. And then they're still saving for the next thing, which could be buying a Corvette, or I have a client who wants to retire her mom. So essentially it's about living and prioritizing the real big things that we want to do now so that a, we have a good idea of what we might want in retirement if we do actually want to just hang up our hat at 65 and go, I'm done. And if not, it, you're not waiting for that retirement date to do things. You are actually enjoying life and you're using your dollars that you have now. It's not go off and make, you know, 20% in the markets because that's the only way you're going to be able to do this. You know, we don't, right. we don't focus on that. It's about how do you control what you can control now and really dream bigger than what your limitation, you know, your mind is limiting you to. Because if you think you can't do it, then you're going to say, oh, well, maybe not going to all of Italy. We'll just go to Milan or we'll just go to, and when really you want to take a cooking tour around Italy, and that's really what your big dream is, we tend to limit ourselves a little bit too much. And life's too short for that. Yeah. I mean, you have so much here. My, my brain is going so many different directions. <laughs> And I love the fact that you said about entrepreneurs, I think for those of us, it's also, it's almost, it's hard to imagine like sitting around doing nothing. And then also, you know, it can be so different in our business. Like we don't have like, here's how much we make every year. Like, yes, there's many times where there's huge dips. And then there's also those years where it's like, you know, it is sort of ups and downs, like depending on COVID or depending on who knows what, like there's always times and things we expect to make the money we don't, or all of a sudden we have all this money and then we go do. So I think there's also a lot of, what's the word I want to say? 
I know for just because this is a conversation I literally just had with my husband a few days ago. Oh, really? I'm yeah. always ready to go like take trips and do the next one. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but we have to finish paying off the last trips. And there's this like, you know, thing where saving and paying off the house, of course, are big priorities. But at the same time, I'm always like, yeah, but that doesn't sound like fun. I want to go do the next thing. Like, you know, how do I we, you. you know, like you were saying, it's like, how do you, you know, still do some things now. And it's like, it almost feels like being, you know, responsible and still have fun. Right. Yeah. Now. We, there is we, a balance. Yeah, yeah. How do we balance that? Like paying off the house? Cause that's also something that we are, you know, wanting to do. And I want to pull my husband into retirement. He's older than me. So we've been talking about something. He's like, well, I don't know that I ever really, want. I thought he wanted to just like sit around and like, I don't know, paint the house or something, but now he was like, I don't think I really actually do, but I might want to just do something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like understanding that. And then how to have someone to help you say, is it, can you do all of that? Like, can I, you know, I feel like, oh, oh, after the conversation, I'm like, oh, I guess we better just pay off all these credit cards before we do something. But at the same time, that doesn't sound like any fun either. So it's like, how do you, you know, manage, you know, especially as a person who's not great managing of money. And I'm sure there are many out there. I don't know if it's the entrepreneurial big, it's, I think it's like this big picture. Yeah, but this sounds so much more fun. <laughs> not a big detail oriented person. So maybe you mm -hmm. have that with a lot of your entrepreneur people. Yeah, There's like, they do. see the big picture. They want to do all this stuff. We're on to the next thing already, but then, you know, we have to turn around and kind of look, or we're going to end up where we maybe don't want to be, where we're stuck with nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is putting strategy to it. So just like we do when we're, cause I'm, I'm business owner too. I build and, and, you know, do as much. And so I get the up and down income. I get all that stuff. Cause I am, I am a small business owner. Yeah. I, I deal with that too. And so essentially I think the biggest thing is putting strategy to some things like really prioritizing. Okay. This year, I really want to, I don't know, take a, I'm just going to use the Italy thing because that yeah. seems to be a big one for a lot of people. Take the trip to Italy and say, okay, that's our main goal. Doesn't mean you don't have other goals, but it means those are kind of off to the side. That's our main one for right now. And you just focus and put together a strategy for that one. Mm -hmm. And the saving for the future part is basically you have some money saved aside for that next trip. So you're not starting from scratch. So the hardest one is actually the first bucket list item, right? Because you're kind of starting from scratch, but then you should have all this money saved up in different buckets so that we now have a starting balance for the next thing that we're trying to accomplish. We're not just starting from scratch on that. And it would actually, because of the, because of having a little bit of strategy, you wouldn't have necessarily credit card payments to pay off because you'd have that money saved to just take care of it right. so you could go maybe maybe debt free you could take your trip or do whatever right. and then the next one's already started so then you might have to take a little bit of time in between each one to do you know to get to that next level but it kind of takes that stress off of um coming back from a wonderful trip and going oh gosh how am I going to pay for that right and right. you know and that's the old, always the thing and I've noticed too the funny thing it's kind of funny your conversation with your husband is does he own his own business too or does he is no. he working for a company yeah so that's the balance right <laughs> I have a lot of clients where one is entrepreneurial spirit and the other yep. one is working for a company is much more like Very practical grounded. <laughs> yeah grounded and practical yeah. right and yeah. so it's finding that balance between the the big ideas 
idea, entrepreneurial spirit, and the kind of more grounded, I have my 401k, I'm putting it in, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Why aren't you doing something? Exactly. Oh, business owner, partner, you know, so it just happens that way. So it's a good way of balancing it out so that you're able to experience lots of things together um, and kind of satisfy both. So I always kind of call myself a mediator a little bit because my husband and I are totally different <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, it's you know, one thing but, to be doing it for yourself, but it's another thing to be doing it as a household, right? When you have exactly. different personalities or different whatevers. Is it sort of, so when you're saying about the buckets, is it sort of like the profit first? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I, a little I, bit. Thank God for profit first. I will just oh say gosh, it changed my that. life and my business because before I literally had all my money in PayPal <laughs> <laughs> and one bank account, you know, and it was like, Oh, with all and so after that I'm like I went to a different bank I set up like I have and I do have my profit first which is now like kind of sitting there with cash in it like oh, ready for me to do so to pay I have some money set aside <laughs> yeah it all goes in the profit you know and so I do have some money in there but it's like what to do with the money <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly and that's the thing is that so it's kind of a similar, I always suggest that you have two, two bank accounts, one set for your priority bucket planning or bucket list planning item, and then your secondary. And then what we do is we take a look at how much you're able to save as a whole, because some of that needs to go also to future right. savings, um, you know, past those things. And it doesn't mean retirement. It just means that you can use some of that money to skirt over to fulfill one of your bucket list items, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest question or the biggest issue that comes up is liquidity. People don't know where to put money so that it's liquid and that they can get to it. A lot of times it's going into 401ks or something. Or I should say traditional 401ks because they do have a Roth version now, but um, they have those kind of other vehicles that are hard to get the money from. And they're great on a tax saving side. And I, I've set them up. I have them myself, you know, all those things, but it's not the most convenient way to be able to get to the money right. if you need something to. Something happens or you need to something or exactly. whatever. General. Right. People think of money as most evil or there's guilt attached to it or different things like that. So a lot of times they, they kind of don't want to focus on it. But I would say if you have some money, you have choices in life, which means, you know, if you think you're always going to keep working and you're going to love your business and something changes, a regulation changes, something that makes it to the point that you just don't want to do it anymore, you have that choice to be able to make that change. And that doesn't mean necessarily hanging it up completely. It may be mean working at Home Depot because that sounds like amazing to you and you just want to be able to, there's so many yeah. retirees that work at like Home Depot, Lowe's, things like that, because right. they want to keep doing something, but they don't want to work a huge nine to five job with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of uh, things that they have to do that, that are, you know, uh, time consuming for them. So essentially that's, that's kind of the thing is sometimes people just want to have a transition and just have a slowdown rather than necessarily retire. And having that money saved allows you to make that choice. It allows you to choose to do X, Y, Z rather than can't do it because I didn't, I didn't save for that. So that's the idea is how do you control your money so that you're able to have control of your life and be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it versus always kind of trying to catch up. Yeah. That's how people, people feel, you know, feel guilt around it. Cause they always feel like it's a snowball that, that can't, they can't stop kind of thing. 
So what would you say, what do you do for people who haven't been really great about saving or just like, I'm just going to use my own personal example. Like we had everything set and then the recession of 2010 hit and we were wiped down to almost losing our house. And then I felt like we just got back mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the pandemic has hit and my business has also, you know, been a little rocky yeah. the past couple of years. So it's and or now we have two kids in college and so it just feels like there's never a time to really look toward the future and we haven't done a great job of that and is it too late or what do you recommend when you've got when you're you know my husband is in his late 60s and I'm over 50 so Mm -hmm. um I don't know this may be more than you can answer on here but for those who really haven't done great with saving or planning (laughs) <laughs> you know, is there something that we, is it too late or what can no. you recommend? It's never too late. That's the biggest thing is we have to get that mentality out of it's too late. I'm, I messed up. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. We tend to beat ourselves up a lot when it comes to money and it's time to stop doing that because yeah. that doesn't totally. really, it doesn't benefit you in the long run. Right. It's kind of like, well, I ate that cookie two days ago and now I can't lose weight. So that's, the, you know, right. it's funny. I use weight and, um, and, and losing <laughs> weight and, and finance a lot in the same thing. So People probably funny. feel very similar about losing weight as they yeah. do to money, saving money. It's true. It is so true. It's that, it's that rolling ball that we can't stop sometimes. So, yeah. um, so I would say the biggest thing is just sitting down and most people say, I'm going to say to do a budget and all this stuff. I have found that for most people, budgeting doesn't work because it it's something unenjoyable. They don't really want to do it. Yeah. So either it's the like budget isn't- You can only stay yeah. at it so long and then yes. you're like going out oh. and having some pizza and beer. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is it's not flexible. And to say, I'm only going to stick with my $3,000 a month I'm going to spend or whatever is hard to, it's hard to do that. But I always say, have a goal. So it's more sitting down and going, what is our goal that we're going to try to put away every month? And most people have an idea of what they could could put away without having to go through a budget. If we have to, I can go through a loose kind of conversational thing to kind of get there. But let's say it's a month. Okay. Right now that's what feels good. We can do that pretty consistently. I would say push it a little bit, right? So maybe it's 300 rather than 200, just to kind of, I would say play it a game a little bit, you know, try to try to make it saving almost kind of a fun game for yourself. Let's see if we can push it to three and see what what it would be. Exactly. And so let's say we put it at three, but you're one month, you're only able to put a hundred dollars away. And the next month you hit your three and the next month you hit your three and then you hit two. And then next month, maybe it's 50. And then, but that $50 was more than what you were saving before. Right. And that's why you and those have months your, of 300 yeah. has pushed you up. So you're actually exactly. ahead, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really about having a goal and we don't always hit the goal all the time, but you're hitting more, you're hitting closer to the goal, more closer is not a word, closer to the goal than you were if you weren't doing it at all. And so, you know, like I, like I said, my client who wants to retire her mom, she's an entrepreneur. So her income goes like this, but every month she puts something away because she knows some of it is going to that bucket and there's enough of a motivation to put something away because there's a very distinct thing that she has details attached and she knows what that feeling is going to be and everything like that. 
And so she always put something away. One, one month she put $25 away and she was crying on the phone. And I said, it's yeah. still better than nothing. You right. did something. And then next month she was able to put way over her goal right. because she got a big uh, client that yeah. time. So it's just a matter of playing that game and knowing that putting something away is always better than not putting anything away. And it gets you there closer. And it's amazing how fast money can grow, even in a traditional bank account. I'm not saying that that's necessarily what you recommend since you were saying we talked about liquefying, but I think maybe that's Mm -hmm. when the thing went out. Is there a a certain place that's best, obviously anywhere on in a bank. I'm like, I got something the other day. I'm like, oh, I made five cents or something. It was so ridiculous. (laughs) Banks are are difficult. You do have to have some money in the old boring (laughs) bank. You do. I mean, as much as none of us like it, you do have to have some of it you have to kind of it depends on the goal it depends on the timeline and things like that sometimes you can put it in a brokerage account which is actually invested in the market doing some things but you want to have at least a year time horizon on that to deal with some tax things and understand how the taxes work and et cetera, et cetera. Plus market, you know, mar- we're not in a great market right now. Not something you, you just gotta, jump in you, and make money next week on most of the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Right. So you have to understand the market and how that can, it can decrease, right? When you're trying to take the money out, you know, so that kind of thing. Most of the time, I would say, depending on the timeline, you could just have it in a savings account, you know, actually checking account would probably be better because savings, you have some limitations too mm-hmm. on. And then um, some people don't realize that there are banks out there that have what are called high yield savings accounts so that they actually are giving one point, I think it's like 1.2, the average is right now percent. It's not okay. great, but it's better than it's sitting in the bank getting point yeah, yeah. zero two. Um, and those are supposed to try to keep up with inflation. It's hard right now with the say, high you inflation. You think right now that way we'd be back to 5% with what's happening. I know. Market, well, they've right? pushed up a lot. At the beginning of the year, the high yield savings accounts were about, I think it was 0.2 to 0.3. Oh. It was horrible. And they're already up a whole percentage point this year okay. so far. So, so they do. Way. Yeah. So the interest rates as hard as it is for some lending and from some other perspectives, interest rates help when it comes to getting some, some, uh, you know, interest rates on better interest rates on some money sitting in the bank. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, it's usually a balance of a couple of different things that we put together that fits the best for that. But yeah, liquidity is important. I think people don't, don't consider that enough Mm. and you have to work with your tax person or if you do your taxes or how that works to make sure you find that right balance between not paying too much in taxes and not putting yourself in a bad place to also, you know, making sure you have some liquidity Um, because the biggest I would say the biggest failure people feel like they have is, you know, during 2010, they had to take all their money out of their IRAs and their 401ks and things like that. And it was horrible, but I'm glad you had that money. I'm glad whoever needed to take that money had it, you know, at least it got us through a big portion of it. So yeah, but we all have that sting of that 10% penalty you had to pay and all that stuff that you had to deal with, which could feel like a rolling, you know, boulder down the hill because then you just, yeah, then you have taxes the next year that you had to deal with. I mean, it, it was a horrible experience. It was really I'm sure hard. Yeah, we had to refinance the house. I mean, it was just, and then oh, you yeah. know, one of those, you know, where it ballooned and then the interest rate kept going up. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, those are hard. Nightmare. We just had to refinance now. Luckily, again, when it was low, mm-hmm. 
but it's like now we've refinanced again <laughs> you know it's like I'm never yeah. gonna pay this house off <laughs> I know that's the hardest thing but yeah it's just prioritizing and some sometimes people you know there's a good example sometimes people go well paying off the house that's what I should do is that really what you want or is that what you should do on paper right. you know what I mean yeah. so it's just kind of prioritizing through, those things right. yeah exactly I mean, the tax advantages are nice yeah for it but exactly. I guess you have to start to look 10 yeah, years you from now, balance 20 years from now, like what's going to be. And sometimes you don't know, mm -hmm. you don't know thus why you're exactly. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's really my job. I always say is to bring clarity, awareness, and independence to people. Mm -hmm. The clarity is to clear up like misconceptions and things that people don't know. Bring awareness is to really show people how things can work together and how we can structure things. And then independence is of course, the independent side, which is meaning that you should be able to do what you want when you want right. uh within reason of course you could go right. crazy <laughs> but, but you know in a structured Be way so, when you yeah. say that to entrepreneurs <laughs> yeah they're like millions right. of dollars going to different programs right well I mean I like what you're saying because it feels like you know and, and I have been using you know the whole profit first and it's it is a similar mm -hmm. type thing we're like okay yes you're still taking the money for you you're still able to take a trip you're still able to yeah. do some things while you're still saving or paying off exactly. some house or you're doing these more responsible things that's what it feels like but things you're going to yeah. want to do over here and that yet at the same time you're not like you know doing that whole you can't buy your lattes or whatever oh. you know, where you can't yeah, go no and, you know and you've yeah. got to restrict yourself because you said like you mm -hmm. said that i mean that can only last a short time yeah. for most of us i don't know maybe some people i have seen people you know youtube videos online where they're like i've lived without buying anything for two years and I paid off my $18,000. I'm like, okay, but in a real world, I don't know. I mean, I guess there are people who can do that, but for yeah. most of us, we still want our comforts and we still want to exactly. live. Like you said, we still want to have fun and do things and not be mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not going to work for the next 10 years and be miserable, you know, yeah. saving every dollar and not being able to do the things I want to do. I don't know. Maybe oh. we've just become that society of we want our cake and eat it too. I know that's a phrase my husband uses when it comes to me all the time. He's like, well, you just want your cake and eat it too. And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> it's true. And you know, I, there is different there. I would say I've been in the industry for almost 12 years now and it's very different than it was even in 2011 when I got started, which was, you know, our cell phones, our instant access, all of that stuff makes us want to have things now rather than waiting for them. And I, I don't blame people. That's the way we're built now. This is yeah. we're used to. It was funny. I was talking to my husband. And I was like, remember encyclopedias when you like had to go and like look it up in the book. And then sometimes it wasn't there. And then you had to figure out if you were had to go to the library. Now you just look on Google or you look I know I told my kids something. I'm like remember I mean not that long ago yeah there we didn't even google and even like I was exactly. looking for something and I was like you know even then when the you know even it took a while it wasn't like mm -hmm. the internet just showed up and everything was right there like there it took, yeah, a, long it took time a long for time for you to like you can go google anything these days and you can find it exactly exactly so, and yeah so I think you're right my kids were just like they can't understand a world oh, I know. Of not having phones and not having google and everything like that oh, but so that being said I don't know I feel like I don't know maybe it's just the generation I'm in my husband I get is, is much older I think they're from that generation of 
I feel like we're the bridge generation between the old ways and this new, mm-hmm. and we kind of have one foot here and one foot here. It's true. <laughs> like we want to be practical and we know that's what it's supposed to be, but yet this other stuff is so much fun. So <laughs> totally get it. It's just finding the right balance for you, for each individual is going to have their own, their own strategy, their own thing. I think the biggest giveaway or takeaway that people can take though, is don't limit your you're thinking, take, you know, really figure out what you really want, not what society has told you you want, but what you really want and get really detailed on what it looks like, what it looks like, what it feels like. Imagine yourself there, imagine yourself doing whatever that is. And that makes it so much more real. So that it's such a good motivation for you in the future, because if you kind of have a wishy-washy kind of thing, then it's it's really hard to keep motivated to save towards that. You've got to have a strong enough why you're basically saying. Yeah, keep exactly. That. It's like the vision board of that Italy right here, exactly. right on your screen or whatever, right? Like, oh, yeah. I want to go buy those shoes, but wait, no, Italy is more important, right? It's That's like the thing. It, yeah, keeping that top of mind mm-hmm. and having something strong enough. And it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure it's a process of maybe when you go through and realize, maybe like you said, what you thought, Maybe it's not as big a deal as what you, if you can't like get into it, then maybe yeah. that's not the thing. Like you were exactly. like take, paying off the house. Is it something we have to do or it can just keep going with it? Or, you know, in, or is traveling right now when I can travel, it may be more important than actually mm-hmm. being on the house, like deciding. I, I love that idea exactly. of like really. And then it was like, well, if, if I'm buying the shoes, maybe Italy isn't as important as I thought it was. And so maybe we need to relook at that. So that's really a good thing to say, because we're so bombarded with things all the time that sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard to decipher what do I really want at, you know, now, and maybe what I thought I wanted five or 10 years ago is not what I want now. And even though I've been still saying it, maybe that isn't what I really want and things change, right? So it's kind of yep. taking a look at your priorities. So yeah, that's a good point as to really think like, what do we want? We can't, you know, see into the future, but for right now, this is what feels yeah. like, you know, the way we want to go. So that's I, totally I see agree. how that could be yeah. really important. That's a great point to bring up. Yeah, I have a networking friend and she was funny. She was like, I don't quite understand the bucket list thing because we all have our bucket list items. And I said, well, yes and no. Some people do, some people don't. But do you have a strategy? Do you have a really good picture of what it looks like? Have you really worked through and, and does your bucket list item fit with your spouses if you're if you are married or if you have a partner? Um, they kind of have to go together a little bit. So if you're gonna do it together, yeah. of course, you know, some people have their own bucket list items. Like I have one lady who really wants to go skydiving and her husband's like, no, like you you go right ahead. That is not happening. I am not doing that. So that's her little bucket list item, which isn't isn't a huge, hugely costly thing, but it's still something to save towards and look forward to. And she actually has a date she'd like to do it and and knows where she wants to go and knows how she wants to deal with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get excited when you do stuff like like that. that idea. And I think, do you recommend, like, I'm just, like I said, this conversation I had with my husband, it was like, oh, like there were some big things that I thought, he wanted this. He's telling me something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably a yearly thing you should do, right? To yes. really kind of sit down and kind of go through and based on what's happened or what's new or whatever, like here's yeah. where we are and here's where we want to go or what's changed. So it's probably a good idea to revisit that. 
For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Even for yourself, but like you said, and for your significant other to kind of go, okay, let's see how, are we on the yeah. same page with this? When or- you're excited about it, you discuss it more, right? I mean, if, if it's something fun that you're going to be discussing, then you're more anxious to talk about it pretty regularly versus like, oh, credit card bill. Right. <laughs> I have no idea where that money went. Yes. You know. What was all of that? And what did exactly. Really but on? if you, it was based off of a trip or something, okay. then it's not as bad. Cause you're like, this was, this is, I know exactly what it was for and here's the money and this is how it's going to get paid off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it can, it can turn into the whole idea was how do I make financial planning and saving for people a little bit more fun? And this is the best way to do it really. And it's the way that my husband and I do it. It's the way I didn't realize, but the way my family was doing it for a long time. And so it's a matter of, like you said, when people have a strong enough, why they have a strong enough vision and they have that emotion attached to it and that feeling that they can get back to pretty easily, then they choose, do I really want to go to Starbucks today or can I make coffee at home? Yeah. You know, and it's their choice. It's never, I never think I should be telling somebody what to spend their money on because it's their money. And, you know, I'm here for other things to help get guide on stuff, but realistically, I'm not going to be just like an eating coach. You know, they're not going to slap the cookie out of your hand when you're not supposed to eat it. I'm not going to slap, you know, your credit card out of your hand when you're buying that Starbucks that maybe you don't want to, but those are the choices that you make. And like I said, if you have a strong enough why of why maybe you would want to deter from buying that today, then that can help a lot. Yeah. No, I think it's really good. And, and, and you're right. I think it's just about choices. And, and it just, as I just, I have a, a weight loss coach. I've been working a health coach I've been working with. And like, if you can do it 80% of the time, so that's what yeah. kind of came to me. Like if you're 80% of the time, you know, doing it, well, yeah, maybe you saw something or maybe something came up or maybe you really wanted to do a special dinner or something that kind of blew your budget or whatever that you don't normally do. But I think if we're most of the time on track with it, like you said, you're going to have months where it's going to be good and months oh, where it's not going to be so good. But overall, it's just about consistency, right? It is. Yeah. It's just, and it's also looking in the future and knowing when you're going to uh, trim back on what you, like, so right now we just moved into a new house that we paid off, which I said, and yeah. we're, I mean, we're hemorrhaging money. It feels yeah. like right now. I mean, it just feels like, cause when you buy a new house, you buy everything else new and you have, and it's very stressful, but knowing counting down and going, okay, this is paid off and this is done and we're almost done. And here's our strategy for when we are done with this and returning back to normalcy, saving, putting together, but you know, that kind of stuff, it's just part of the process. And that's the thing is having the foresight to go, okay, I know when this is going to end and this is how we're going to come out. You can't do everything. And then also say like, you know, like you said, but you knowing that you've set this up, Mm-hmm. And this is intentional instead yeah. of just something that's happening to you. I think that's exactly also part of it. Like you said, like being empowered and really having those choices and independence versus, oh my gosh, I'm unprepared for everything. And at least you're like, yeah. great, during this six months or a year, this is the year we're buying the house stuff. Yeah. And it's all about this. And then next year we can go back to something else. And that just, exactly. You that brought up really college good. planning. Yeah. College planning for kids. That's always a stressful time. I mean, when you're paying for college, it always feels like all the 
Oh my god! My daughter just came home today because she's moving into an apartment this year, her second year. She's like, I have to buy all new stuff now because this is a different size bed than I had before. I'm like, I just bought all that stuff for your dorm. What are you saying? (laughs) Now we have to buy all new stuff. (laughs) Oh, ah! I know. College is college is one of the most stressful times, but just knowing that you're gonna probably not necessarily hit your ultimate savings goals right now, but setting something up, whether like $50, a hundred, whatever it is, just start because you'll get in that habit. And then by the time they're out of school, now you You have a launch pad. Yeah. Now you've got something so that you're not all that money that was going there can start going somewhere else. Exactly. And you're already used to saving. (laughs) Yeah. You're already used to saving. You're not going to be starting from scratch on whatever your first thing is that you want to do once they're out and you have some extra money to go with, you know, different things like that. College is is a stressful time. Education is so expensive right now. So yeah, no, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't had to go through it, but oh goodness. So yeah. Where absolutely. can people get more information about you? Cause I'm hopefully this is wet people's appetite to go, Oh, it doesn't have to be scary or weird or yeah. shameful or embarrassing or whatever, or just a nightmare, like, or any of those other emotions that might be going through our heads normally. Cause you seem so relaxed and kind of chill and just like, Hey, let's just, wherever you are, we're going to take it and we're going to go from here, which is great. So how can people um, work with you or get some more information from you? Yeah. So more information, a good place to find me is on LinkedIn. So it's, um, you know, Lisa Sakai is the handle after the LinkedIn side of it. And then they can always email me. I do have a, um, a sheet that I can offer for people where it's a, it's a dream big sheet. And basically it really walks people through the process of how to do that. It's a checklist essentially. And then if they really want to get into it, we can do a work, a whole worksheet and stuff, but I basically give the checklist of different strategies people can take to actually get their bucket list part started. Um, So if they want that, they can always email me at lisa at onevisionretire.com. Okay, great. I'm already like, oh, did you put that link? Because can I give that out or you want to do it? I I can definitely, I don't have it on my website just yet. I just got it approved. Oh, I was going to say, that sounds really fun. They can definitely email me or um, hopefully we'll get up in the next week or so. Let me know, just send me the link and I can, I'll link it below in the show notes. Excellent. Well, perfect. thank you so much. I was going to say, yeah. this is fun, which is kind of a shock, almost like it's fun talking about this type of money, but it really is yeah. because it's empowering to be in control somewhat and not just yeah. be like, you know, it's like the person who never opens their bills, right? Like you don't want to be that person who's afraid to open the mail, right? You have to look yeah. at it <laughs> and you have to do it, but it doesn't have to necessarily be painful or, you know, yeah you can start here and move forward and still um, have fun and do the things that you want to do and still have some things in place down the road, which of course is the goal for everybody, whether they think it or not. Because then you get to do more bucket list items down the line if you keep saving for yourself in the future. Yeah, that's that's great. The more bucket list, the better. (laughs) I mean, it's like the more things that you can think of. So yes. Okay. You guys grab her sheets and um, start dreaming big and start. Yeah getting things in place so that you can do all the things you want to do on your bucket list. Great. Sounds good. Thank Excellent. You Thank so you for much. having me. Yeah, this was amazing, you guys. Okay. I will see you on the next episode of the Work Plus Make More Podcast. I hope you got some juicy nuggets to inspire and show you simplifying and scaling is easier than you think. If you're ready to tame the chaos of your business into a simpler model while increasing your impact and income, 
Grab my free simplify and scale template at DonnaAshton.com forward slash template, or check the link in the show notes. See you next time.